0: Hey, everybody, welcome to We Hate People, the podcast for people outraged by everything but too lazy to do anything. We're the 21st century equivalent of Letters to the Editor. This is episode four, recorded Sunday, April 17th, 2015. I'm Simon Potter, and as usual, I am joined by a man who specializes in confused pauses David Holloway.
1: <laughs>
2: Love it. Thank you, Simon. Um, good to be here as always. Um, it doesn't seem like a fortnight since we last did this bloody thing.
0: Well, technically it isn't because we did it on a Monday. Oh, uh, so true. Over fortnight.
2: Yeah, it's 13 days. Lucky 13.
0: Awkward It's Nice. <laughs> We're rolling. Woohoo! We're cooking with Pete.
2: If only we had someone else here to save us. Yoohoo. Is this where I introduce him now, Simon?
0: It was your freaking <laughs> idea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So I'd like to introduce a man who's been an inspiration to me since <laughs> when did we start primary school together? Anyway, we it's since the nineteen seventies, it's safe to say. Um He's inspired me that much that we just worked out we've only spoken twice since 1988, but I still love him all the more, more. It's a friend of mine, Mr. Paul Blunt. Well, good afternoon, evening slash morning. Uh, great to have you here, mate. And just for our <laughs> listeners, um, the reason we've asked, you still go by Bluntie on the radio, don't you?
1: I do, yeah. yeah. Well, either or, these days, I think, uh, lately I'm Paul Blunt, but... Uh, to all my friends, on Bluntie, Blunty, and depending on what radio station I work for, and there have been a few over the last few years, I could be Blunty, uh, Paul Blunt, or Stan, or whatever you feel like, really. Stan? I'd forgotten about Stan. Yeah, so Bl-
2: Blunty, as you can gather by his um, beautiful tone, is um, a radio... Is DJ the right word? Announcer. Announcer, that's, that's exactly right. So, there's a radio now to, as you said, across a bunch. And I, I don't know everywhere you've been, but I think, am I right in saying Canberra, is it Townsville or Toowoomba? Uh,
1: no, nah, neither of those. No. Um, Some, um, somewhere no, in Queensland? They're possibly the only two stations I haven't worked at, I think. <laughs> uh, but I think it, it started at Moree, oh,
3: then, bloody Rock, hell. Rock,
1: yeah, then uh, Rockhampton, then down to Canberra. Then up to the sunny coast, then Melbourne, back to Canberra, then Rockhampton, and now Innisfail. And I, yeah, look,
2: I've I've actually, we must talk later. I've got friends in Innisfail that you may have run across. You've got Uh, what now? Yeah, two of them, apparently. You've got friends? Yeah, allegedly. (laughs) Yeah, freaky stuff. Um, But the reason we invited Paul on will become apparent later, and, and we'll give some context around it besides his lovely personality, but we'll talk more about that later. Oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah, So I'll shut up now. Simon, back to you.
0: Well, thank (laughs) you, David. I've got absolutely nothing planned, so uh, I think possibly what we should do is resort to the running sheet, which is an act of desperation (laughs) at the best of times.
1: I just love that you guys pause for, you know, some people pause for dramatic effect, um, but you found other reasons to. Yeah. We pause for
2: incompetence.
0: No, no. (laughs) If... If pause, this is a salute, our salute to Richie Benno. He was the master <laughs> oh. of. He was a man confident in his abilities and his capacity to communicate to his listeners. A pause is not necessarily an absence of thought or an absence of subject matter. Sometimes it's just an opportunity to consider what has just been said before we move on to the next thing.
2: Is that, is that a quote from him? No, I just. Because say, quite honestly, that sounded like something he would say.
0: Oh well, in in that case, uh, I'm it was apparently channeling him.
2: Yeah, oh, look, I miss <laughs> him already, and um, I think
0: bloody... rubbing, rubbing rubbing my, uh, my uh, one of my many homo homo therapy. No, what <laughs> what is it? What is it called? The um, it's uh, been dem- homo's
2: on the show. Yeah, so homo therapy has been demonstrated not to work. It's a natural tendency, not an unnatural one.
0: Oh, I think we might have the name for the podcast there. Just <laughs>
2: that's right.
0: Well, does anyone have a hate of the week? That is the first question.
2: Uh, well, because you mentioned Richie Benno, which is, I mean this is a very esoteric one, particularly given um, more than half our listeners come from outside of Australia um, and that's I hate the current crop of cricket commentators compared to Richie Benno.
1: Uh, yeah they're, they're never going to compare and it's just I, I actually thought when when he passed away uh just the other week I I realized that I actually probably heard Richie Benno's voice when I was growing up more than my own father's well <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that's... you know uh, maybe it's because I just never listened to my father I don't know um but you know when the cricket was on you had to shut up and yeah. uh you know, it's uh you know, he he was an authority and, uh, you know, he, he certainly, there's no one uh, likely to ever reach the heights of respect in the game that, that he he certainly did.
2: No. Uh, and just on your dad, this is from standing outside, your dad was a lovely bloke, but he, he was a bit like I used to be. He wasn't a, a guy that would constantly talk either, so I can see why you'd say that. Yes,
1: yeah, that's right. He was, uh, reserved. He was one of those... Uh, he was a hard-working man and uh, when he came home uh, from work, you, you know, he was
3: manual labourer and uh, he wanted to put his feet up and relax and, you know, that was his lot in life sort of thing. So he wasn't a big talker, as many of the generation.
2: Yeah, oh, bloody oath it was, yeah. Um, so, I mean, are, are the common... sim- Sorry, Simon.
0: No, no, I was just... Uh, very. I was thinking uh, I could say the same uh, for my father. When he did speak, it was... Not that he was silent, but he—if he would only speak if he had something of importance to say, or you hadn't done something and uh, some kind of yelling was required. Yeah. <laughs> thank God we've
2: moved. On. Right. Thank God we've moved on to a society yeah. where everyone feels the need to speak all the time. It's just so much better, isn't it?
3: <laughs> my, my father was a big believer in, uh, and he, he quite often said that if you've got nothing to say, say it. That's right.
2: If you have got nothing, I liked.
0: <laughs> well, that that's good. He foresaw social media
3: yeah, he beautifully. Did. <laughs> Maybe he also foresaw my career in radio. I don't know.
2: Well, that's right. Well, he got to see he got to see a fair bit of your career before um, he left. Yeah, us. he did. He
3: passed away. Yeah, he passed away just over a year ago. Yeah. And um, but yeah, he uh, yeah he got he got to see how transient the industry uh, is as well. But uh, yeah. but no. He, um, Yes.
2: So there you go. That's probably the lamest hate of the week I've ever come up with cricket commentators. But yeah, Vale, uh, Richie Benno and um, Ian Chappell's the last of the that cohort left because Bill Laurie, I believe, doesn't commentate except on Melbourne Tests or something now. And that'll uh, be right
0: to everyone who's not Australian. Uh, sorry, sorry for the last five minutes. That's right. <laughs> I
2: don't feel so like you're well.
3: not Australian.
0: I don't feel so
2: bad because um, I think we said in episode zero that one of the inspirations for this podcast was the Tell em Steve Dave podcast, which has about 100,000% more listeners than this one. And they talk about hockey crap every single time and not once do I begrudge them that, even though I don't know American hockey at all.
0: No, or, or even Canadian hockey. That too. Yes. Uh, it, if it helps anybody out there who's listening and... Uh, Maybe follows baseball. Just to equate any conversation in cricket or to do with cricket to baseball because both sports share some remarkable similarities. And yeah. if they go on, to, there's way too much fuss made about them. And they're almost completely impenetrable to people not born with the sport.
2: That's true. Very well put.
0: I don't understand either of them. <laughs> go the Seahawks. Anyway. <laughs> okay. The next topic we've got listed here, and we've actually bumped it. I think probably since the podcast Every episode, started, yeah, it's, it's been it's been here as long as anyone else has. Is are democratic societies fundamentally breaking down? And this is Any why. Thoughts?
2: Well, this is why I asked Blunty onto the podcast because uh, last uh, episode uh, we talked about was it the anti-vaxxers, the anti-vaccination people. And then it 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 sort of sidetracked into religion a little bit, and I made the claim that fundamentalism is a problem, not necessarily religion, and that in some religions, fundamentalism is what causes all the issues. But that most of, in in regards to Christianity, most of the people I would call friends who are committed Christians are nothing like fundamentalists, uh, and in fact, are the opposite. Would never consider um you know trying to sit someone down and saying you either go my way or there's you know there's no other way um hence blunty because i think it's fair to say blunty and (laughs) i've only spoken twice since 1988 you might tell me (laughs) this is no longer the case but from stalking you on facebook i believe you'd still call yourself a committed christian
3: well, despite the uh, occasional human sacrifice, um, I <laughs> yes, I, I would still call myself a Christian. Now, I have to preface that to say that, um, I guess, having already alluded to the transient industry in which I work, uh, that is probably one pretty big excuse for me not being a regular church-going Christian yeah. at the moment. Uh, so I'm a big believer, and I have been certainly... Uh, Baptised uh, as an adult, um, I've been uh, to some of the big Christian churches that uh, you know some people may have problems with. Uh, you know, Phil Pringle's Church in Oxford Falls in Sydney, um, which is the Christian City Church, uh, Hillsong. Oh, yeah. um, although I am, yeah, some of the some of the, those big, almost conglomerate type churches. Um, uh, you know, I've I've been to those and. Uh, you know, have had some valuable learning experiences through them. Um, but I don't for a moment believe that you have to – and I think most Christians, if they were honest, they would say that you, you don't have to be a regular attendee at church to regard yourself as a Christian.
2: And that, that probably makes the point perfectly that I was trying to make last, that the, the the people that can make the biggest difference to people's lives with their religion are the ones that tend to take that view – which, and so my link into the our uh, society is fundamentally breaking down. I suppose from my viewpoint, it's the fundamentalism issue and obviously Islam cops the biggest media attention over this but we all know over history it's been most religions have had this issue that I think we are at a probably an ish, uh, a stage now that democracies around the world are probably the weakest they've ever been because of uh, fundamentalism as one of many issues...
3: Yeah, it's uh, you know,
0: uh, go on, please.
2: Well,
3: Especially I
0: was just going to say, you, you. You could you could say that uh, that fundamentalism is causing democracy to be weak. I um, played devil's advocate and suggested it's actually the the, the breakdown of the traditional, uh, the traditional religion, at least in the West, the traditional uh, judo-christ. <laughs> what is it? Judeo-Christian. Yeah. um back that basically underpins a lot of institutions or at least has done in the past uh it's, it's that deterioration and that break and it's actually led to to the weakening and it's yeah. the weak mainly being that uh we are culturally looking for something else to hang our hat on and uh outside of divinity it's kind of hard to find anything to do that with because uh once you get outside of the of, of the uh the uh, a religious framework, you're really down to depending on your leaders and, and that's not usually very, very reliable. Let's just put it that way. That's They're right. They're yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, leaders can't be in most.
3: And, and look, I, I think uh, along that same line, I think you can certainly, from a Christian perspective, you can argue that uh, watering down Biblical principles, which has occurred you know over the centuries, uh, biblical laws, if you like, and uh, obviously the the commandments are the the main biblical laws, and um, I suppose we try to uh, water them down as we do indeed, laws of uh, our democratic society, you know is the softening of the laws, things that people are convicted of today. Ten, twenty, thirty years ago would have had a much harsher sentence, uh, much lengthier jail terms. Life doesn't mean life now. Um, there there was the death penalty, you know, in Australia and certainly in biblical times for certain breaches of law. Now, some would argue that the softening of those laws and softening of, um, you know, those principles has been a good thing. But, you know, that's got, got to contribute to, um, you know, one in one way or another, it's got to contribute to some uh, issues somewhere else.
2: Oh, that's a juicy topic on its own, the death penalty.
0: <laughs> well, especially if, you if you're if going to start, uh, if you start looking back into the, the old, especially the Old Testament, um, uh, really one of the, although we're not talking about the breakdown. Well, I suppose we are talking about the breakdown of Democratic Societies still. And don't worry, guys, we are going to be talking about uh, the Episode 7 trailer a bit later on. Star so Wars, yeah, yeah,
2: it won't so, get all serious.
0: So, so don't don't tune out on us just yet. Um, the Recently, in, or currently in London, I think it is, uh, there's been a, a big meeting of uh, the... Uh, African churches, basically, um, who are getting very stroppy about the Anglican or in the US the Episcopalians, um, slackening off on, well, one thing in particular, um, and obviously, but in general, but specifically, they seem to be very much aggrieved. And again, because it's the because they're um, African churches, uh, African branches of the Anglicanism, who would tend to be a lot more. Old school, shall we say, uh, and that's uh, homosexuality, which is a, another big, another big uh, hot button topic, just like the death penalty.
1: Mm. Yeah, yep. And, yes. uh, and there, is,
0: there is definitely a schism in the Anglican Church. I mean, there isn't in the Catholic Church because it's a, a lot more do do as I say or else.
2: And if you move to the the political left of churches, the Uniting Churches to the left of the Anglicans, and there they have. Minimal issue with homosexuality, and I mean I know. you just said you've been around a bunch. Of, was it fair to say
1: you were raised a Baptist?
3: Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. and 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 I guess uh, as I moved out of home, and uh, I mean I I can remember, and, and again this is the the changing of even biblical principle. The Baptist church that I grew up in, um, you know, they had I can remember they had signs up. Um, in at this youth camp that we used to go to, oh, okay. um, you know, uh, for weekends and to the trips to the snow and things like that, there were signs there that said "No dancing, strictly no dancing." <laughs> now, which which was which right. was always the great the, the great joke, you know, why don't uh, Baptists believe in sex before marriage because it may lead to dancing? <laughs> um, so it, it's not, you know, th- that's laughable now but it was such a serious issue then,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. Now it's just laughable. I mean, you've got homosexuality, you've got, um, you know, divorces, you've got all these different things that years ago were taboo subjects. And even today, many churches don't want to approach those subjects. Mm-hmm. It's it's too hard to know the answers, you know. So let's not talk about it. Let's sweep it under the carpet.
0: Yeah, and that does seem to happen an awful lot. And I think that this just going back to fundamentalism. This is one of the real issues and the confusion a lot of people have with religion in that some of the, the things that are referred to as fundament- fundamentalists, whether it's Islam or Christianity, uh, is it's not issues that are spelt out in, in either religion's holy texts. It's rather more it's cherry-picking phrases to uh, maintain or enforce pre-existing cultural or traditional biases. Yeah, so Islam's treatment of women, for instance, um, and just everybody's treatment of, uh, of homosexuals and all of, all of the rest of these issues, uh, a lot of them, it's not necessarily that that's what the Bible tells me so. It's more a case of it's actually a bit icky and we don't like it and there's a verse from over here and over here and over here and one I've got hidden in, in my cassock over there uh, that that basically says what I believe and what my personal bias is is backed up by these verses. So that's, right. that's what it says, yeah. and it's not. And
1: yeah, and and look, for me, I I don't pretend for a moment to be a biblical scholar. Um, I know that. I could pull out abstract verses from the old Testament that say, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off, you know, and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, Now it's, it's just ridiculous to go pulling verses out ad hoc and and people will do that, you know, uh, fundamentalists in, in any religion will do that. And it's like, well, I don't need to know all the answers to, um, to the big issues. I, I have, Uh, worked with um, a gay co-host in radio I've I've, uh, had friends who were were gay and um, not once did I say to them you know hey you know you're going to hell no (laughs) and because the simple fact is I don't know whether they are it's not my call I don't get that decision and so it's like well I don't for a do pretend to have all the answers, and the moment that we do, then it's like we're becoming God ourselves. That's right. And so, that's my biggest issue with the whole fundamentalist—whether um, it's you know Christian, Islamic, anything else—it's like you can't play God. So don't pretend you have all the answers because you simply don't.
2: That's extremely, no. extremely well put. And. Yeah. Uh, the going to hell stuff, I was going to give a, an anecdote from when I was 18 or 19. Started university, um, first week there, there were obviously all the orientation week festivities over in the university union place, bands, lots of drinking, all that sort of stuff. There was also a Christian youth group and I went along with a mutual friend of Blundie's of mine, Scott... We went, oh, yes. yeah. Went, went to that it was a like, really nice night. Um, I'd made the call to go there because I'd always attended um, from a, a bit of a distance, like the Baptist youth camps and that in in my later years. So I'd always flirted around the edges, but never been that committed beyond being a confirmed Anglican. Um, the guy that ran the the Christian youth group at the university campus there got up and gave a speech about halfway through and said, all those people over there tonight, because we're on one side of the hill, they're on the other, all those people over there tonight that aren't here tonight, they're all going to hell because they're not here. I'm serious. And that's when I went, right, that's it for me, I'm done. (laughs) That was the pivotal moment where I went, nah, not having anything to do with this. And so...
0: That's the the terrifying thing, though, is that a lot of people who profess to believe know next to nothing about what about the, the source material of fun fact uh, if heaven exists and uh, let, let's hope it does uh, but if heaven exists it's currently empty as is hell because that's the whole point of judgment day people is that's when everybody gets assigned their sleeping arrangements
3: yeah, it's uh, it's one of those I mean, I uh, I don't even know if you're aware of it, David. I, I spent six months uh overseas in uh, in the US and down through Mexico doing some work, effectively missionary type work oh, yeah, yeah. and um with an organization called Youth with a Mission. Okay. And uh and they have um, offices or branches, if you like, uh, in Australia in various cities. It's an international organisation. It's interdenominational as well, so it's not just Baptist yeah. or Anglican or anything else. Um, but wonderful organisation, and and I learned so much there. And, and it's funny because I can remember my old Baptist minister one day writing out the Ten Commandments. Um, it was a youth group-type meeting, and he wrote out the Ten Commandments. Um, no uh, uh, 10 although gifts of the spirit uh, which is a section of the Bible that talks about um, whether this person has the gift of knowledge whether this person has the gift of uh, all these different things now I don't want to get too spiritual here at all but he then said uh, he then put a line through some of these ones that he said didn't exist anymore and one of the one of the and that's like the, the gift of prophecy and the gift you know so someone who's able to You know, touch you on the head and say, Hey, uh, I can tell that, um, you know, you've had a problem with not being able to sleep because of a uh, bad back or something. I don't know, you know, Um, and all these different things. But he went through and just crossed out these ones that he said didn't exist anymore. Now, there was a young lady there who put her hand up and said, Oh, my church says that those things still exist. And he said, Well, they're wrong. (laughs) He just said, They're wrong. Explain why. Didn't expl- back it up at all. No. <laughs> now, I, you know, subsequently when I was in America, saw some of the most amazing things that I'll say for another time, perhaps. That um, these things that just would just confuse you if you were that, you know, if you if you're that hard and fast about what you believed, you know, it would just blow your mind to see um, people that one moment weren't able to stand up straight who were physically impaired suddenly able to do that, you know, things like that, that just would blow your mind to see today. Um, but I saw things like that. So it's like, well, if they don't exist, how come that happened? You know, So just things like that. I mean, you, there's no, I don't believe, I'm, I'm yet to meet anybody that has all the answers. No. You know?
2: Well, Richie Beno just died. So there goes our one chance.
3: Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. Um, it, it the, the thing about a lot of the revival shows uh, is it's it's there's no follow up there's no way of knowing exactly how genuine any of what you see is is you don't know how real it is whether anything's staged whether uh, a surge of adrenaline you know because those things are, you get everyone gets hyped up at those things it's just it's like going to a concert it's just very very energizing and that it's a transformative state um uh, so um, I, I can't say that um, that miracles don't happen. Uh, I don't think <coughs> anyone can say miracles no, don't happen. No, that's right. It's just like you can't say there is no God. I mean, what, what do people even mean by God anyway? We don't even know what 75% of the universe is made of for heaven's sake. Exactly. Dark, exactly. a complete mystery um, and dark energy is just two words. They're, they're, they're hoping to find something which explains everything. They may well do, but at the moment it's just... Yeah. What, what the hell? We, we've got no idea. So we're all fumbling around in the dark and some, I don't think it's right to rule out any any particular direction of inquiry. And anyone that does is close closed-minded twat. Yeah.
3: yeah. And as one uh, scholarly chap that I did uh, happen to get to know said to, said to me one day, he said,
1: if you had an amazing amount of knowledge, you were one of the smartest people in the world uh, You knew how many hairs were on the neck of Queen Cleopatra's um, third youngest kitten. Um, And, you know, you you had this amazing wealth of knowledge and you knew 50% of all things in the world. You know, you knew that much. Wouldn't you think that in the 50% you don't know, there'd be enough room to prove the existence of a god? You know, yeah, or for right. that matter, or, or for that matter, deny the existence. Yeah, that's So, right. it, you, know, so it, you can find the most intelligent person in the world. I'd like to think you're both talking to him now, uh, but you know, <laughs> there's so much more they don't know. See, I know what Mikey got in ancient
2: history, and I think it was only slightly better than mine, which was a fail. So I'm not sure you're <laughs> the smartest person. Well, I, What's
0: the better than fail even mean?
2: Well, I, I, what did you get out of a hundred, Blenny? I got forty-seven.
1: <laughs> I still have not told my mother the scores of ancient history. You know, it's very hard to study for an ancient history exam when after two years you've written two fool's <laughs> cap pages. <of> <laughs> yeah, that dictates your score right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. The best, the best thing to do is um, failure education in New Zealand. Uh, move to Australia sometime later. Uh, apply for an equivalency certificate and present a bunch of New Zealand uh, uh, exam results that you've doctored in Photoshop. <laughs> oh, Simon, that's gold. I, well, uh, theoretically, it could work.
2: Oh yeah, I'm not saying it was you. I don't doubt that oh, you would I, do anything like that.
0: That would that would be that would be bad. <laughs> I I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd go to hell. Yes. Yes. Yes, Doctor Simon. <laughs> Although, uh, there is there is no hell. Um, that's just something that got invented by the Catholics after the fact.
1: Uh, that, that is New Zealand. Oh, <laughs> okay.
2: Now you've been to New Zealand, haven't you, Blunny?
1: No, I'd rather uh, put sling. I'd rather stand back here and sling crap from them from okay.
2: here. Because I see, I'm a convert after going there. It it, it shits on Australia it's in not. some but, respects.
0: Blunting, oh, Blunting. If you did throw shit, it would be underarm.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> he, but Simon, you sound like a, like you know you're a pom, so I'm not sure that you even know what cricket is.
0: No, I don't. No, England <laughs> specialises in inventing sports and then losing to everybody. That's
1: right. <laughs> uh,
2: so if we answered the issue of our democratic societies fundamentally breaking down, not that I was ever expecting an answer, but I think we've covered fundamentalism.
0: I, I think we've we've resolved it to the point that, yes, they are fundling, fundamentally breaking down but reforming eventually into something bigger and stronger, possibly the United Federation of Planets. I don't know.
2: But will it be democratic?
0: You know, I don't really care. Most no. of the people I see on the tram shouldn't be allowed to vote anyway.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. That's the Winston <laughs> Churchill.
0: Shout was... first, then vote.
2: Yeah. What was Winston Churchill's quote? It was something like, oh. Um... It was something along those lines that it's scary who's allowed to vote and they shouldn't be allowed to any listeners out there want to throw a winston churchill quote there's a prize i don't know what it is yet though
0: (laughs) there is no prize
2: no not not for the amount of listeners we have
0: oceanic gamer t-shirt there we go (laughs) there you go you're locked in now
2: (laughs) that's right um but just yeah, one last thing on the, the the society's breaking down. I mean, there are a whole bunch of things that, if you look at it, that if there was one world government, the conspiracy theorists are worried about for eternity. If you actually had good people at the head of that, you could turn the whole world around. But it could also go totally to shit even more than it is now. So I'm thinking population control for one.
0: Yes, flawed logic there. Yeah. Besides, who, who are the good people? Well, who that's right. decides that's exactly what are right. good actions?
2: Well, I would have thought the Avengers would decide.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have any problem with Captain America in charge.
1: Yeah, see? he
0: would have to change his name to Captain Planet.
1: Sorry, I thought Captain America was in charge. Well,
2: <laughs> I wish he was. <laughs> or the Hulk, even. I don't think the Hulk could do a worse job than half the people now, but anyway. Now, actually, <laughs> Blunt it's worth jumping across here. You've interviewed some notable politicians over the time, including, uh, didn't you have fun with... I oh, know, was Campbell Newman the Queensland Premier? You haven't interviewed Abbott, have you?
3: Uh,
1: no. I. You know, politicians are a funny lot. They only want to talk to you when they have something to talk about. Yeah. They don't really like to be interviewed by, by somebody who wants to throw curly questions at them. So uh, it, it was quite uh, humorous uh, before the last Queensland state election that... Uh, I received a phone call out of the blue from uh, Campbell Newman's press secretary saying that uh, he was available to be interviewed. And I said, oh, so are you are ringing me back from uh, my call to you 12 <laughs> weeks ago requesting an interview? Uh, so now all of a sudden that the polls were – that he was slipping yeah. in the polls, they wanted to talk. So, uh, yeah, and uh, the funny thing, typical politician, I suppose uh, – they, they don't like to answer the questions you throw at them. And I, it was just prior to Christmas. And uh, I said to him, trying at the, at the time, we didn't know when Queensland were going to the polls. And uh, I said to him, just to try and get, as everyone was doing, trying to get him to answer the question, I said, uh, so uh, I understand we'll be going to the polls the last weekend in January. And he uh, sort of paused and then just sort of laughed it off. And he was like, oh, oh, oh no. He said, uh, you're being a bit presumptive there. And, uh, and then as it turned out, yeah. Christmas, we went through Christmas. And uh, first week back in January, he announced the election for the 28th of January or something like yeah. that. And I, I had him back on the air a couple of, about a week after that. And I said, uh, do you remember me saying this? press button and uh, I'm like bit presumptive hey <laughs> you know? it's, it's, it's just crazy even when they don't know they're lying they're lying yeah that's
2: it so if because uh, what I was leading into there is um, I've had the fortune to deal with a few politicians and I've found that at least half of them actually
1: are honorable people believe it or not they they sound like it. <laughs> they yeah. they, pre- they present, look, even local mayor, the local mayor here, you know, I mean, I when I first met him, it's like, oh, what a really nice bloke, you know, and and I'm sure they, most politicians, I mean, to get into the type of work they do, they must be thinking of the community, yeah, they must yeah. be, you know, they're
0: out. <laughs> oh, you mean know, that, do you? Okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> but I think that's the honourable start that many yeah, yeah. of them make. But then after a while, uh, you know, I think it, there's something that, in the brain switches over and they just turn into this beastly politician yeah. who's all about, you know, what's in it for them, you know, and more so than the people they serve. And, and I'm generalising. I know there's others out there who will say, oh, no, my local politician is, you know, you um, butte," uh, But there, there's something there about them. They, they don't want to answer the questions that are difficult to answer. They don't – again, very few of them will turn around – you know, I'd have so much more respect for a politician, and I've seen it on a local level with the mayor that I've been ripping into here on, on radio here in uh, Far North Queensland. You know, I don't. When we all make mistakes, all politicians will make mistakes. If one of them just turned around and says, "You know what? We got it wrong. That's we right. screwed up." Before the media jumped on their bandwagon, on the on the you know tearing shreds off them, if they just turned around and said, "We screwed this up, and and we've got to make sure it doesn't happen again." That's right. You know, but they'll, they'll never do it. Well, you,
2: you and I are going to have the chance to observe the, the young politicians starting out with all the best intentions and how they go. So without making this too much of a school reunion show, that someone that Blaney and I went to school with has just been elected to the New South Wales Parliament. She was, a, she was the hot girl too. Yeah, but She was. So I mean I can't imagine she's ever gonna to listen to this, but I've been joking <laughs> since she's been elected is that she's the girl that I asked to the year six disco. And we <laughs> we went to the year six disco together and I'm claiming I that like social she, event as what led to her being say elected. This. She, sure she didn't did did. So yeah, so we we actually uh went to the disco together and I'm claiming that as the reason she got into parliament. But seriously, she um, is this the only reason you got me on the show, to tell me that you went yeah. so you went to the Year 6 disco with Kate Washington? Right, and, and look what where she is today. But to be <laughs> serious, I mean, she uh, she actually left our area um, when we were in Year 7 or 8 and went on to become a lawyer, surprise, surprise, for a politician. But from everything I've seen of her, only via Facebook, so I haven't seen her since she's left school. I've had a few nice chats with her on Facebook and, um, She's going in with absolutely the right intentions, and I think her heart's 110% in the right place. Let's see what it's like in four years.
1: I I reckon they're they're probably very similar on on a lot of levels to first-grade footballers. When they start out, they're like, wow, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do so well. I'm going to make sure every child gets an autograph. I make sure That's right. every baby gets kissed and every father gets their hand shaken and every ball boy gets thanked after the game. And what do they do? They end up urinating in the pocket of some <laughs> uncollar at the pub on a Friday night and jumping yeah. on all the cars.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well,. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can, I agree with you. So he's hoping Kate doesn't get to
1: that level. But you watch if, if, if Kate Washington gets arrested for urinating into someone's pocket <laughs> at a nightclub and jumping on the bottom of the cars, you heard it here first.
0: That's right. And I'll be dick, 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 We have we have tape you can play back later for that's <laughs> <just laughs> an eventuality.
2: And, I, and and if that does ever happen, I never asked it to
0: the disco. <laughs> No, we've also got that on tape, David.
2: Yeah, and I also predict she will be a minister in a, the next Labor New South Wales government.
0: Well, I used to work with Jason Clare, and he became a minister. So there we go. See, you, there you go. You never can tell.
2: Are, are you able to say what he's like? He seems, again, purely public persona. Seems like a decent enough bloke.
0: He is. Uh, he's. Uh, he's a well shorter than you probably think, um, but. Yeah, in my dealings with him, he's uh, charming, friendly, just a, seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. And I never experienced anything that uh, that uh, demonstrated otherwise to me. The I think that the main problem with any of these sorts of systems and it's when you move into any large institution, I think this tends to get, get you whether it's uh, broadcasting, educational, medical, whatever, is you go, in, as you say, with the best of intentions and... Uh, the the compromises, the the course adjustments, um, the learning the ropes and p- yeah. le- game, all of this wears away at you and chips chips things away, and it's like anything in life. It's a bit like um, you you know you are captain of the of the soccer team or the football team or whatever in high school, and then you you look you look back twenty years later and you you've got a gut and uh, your life your life is not not quite. Yeah what it was and, you know, you're fat, you're unfit and you're suddenly taken by surprise getting out of breath going upstairs or something.
2: See, thankfully Blundy and I have gone the other way. We've got sexier and better looking as we've got older. <laughs> Remembering, of
1: course, you've spoken to me twice in 20 years. <laughs> I've seen you once. <laughs> That's right. Yes, you might want to get those eyes checked. Uh, I I, I think just one thing um, on the the pollies, though, they will always, the one area they will always have my, um, you know, sympathy for is the simple fact that you take three mates to a video shop to try and, you know, if you go to a video shop these days, uh, or to try and agree on what movie you're going to watch, you will never get an agreement from three or more people. You will never please all the people all the time. And I do have the greatest sympathy for any politician that can just never leave their work behind them. They can't. You know, they'll walk down the street and people shout out at them that don't like what they're doing. Um, And they're always going to have those people. And, uh, you know, that's sucked into them, really.
2: Yeah, It's a less rewarding (laughs) form of celebrity, really.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The the general public do not pay attention. They're not listening, which is why they have to repeat, keep everything very short and keep repeating over and over and over and over in the hope that it finally sinks in at some point and they can start getting their message across.
2: That's (laughs) right. And in in America, there's some research done. This is going back a few years and I'm assuming Australia is the same. I went to, I was involved in a political party, Australian Democrats. I went to a conference, sadly, on an Australia Day long weekend. It was a Sunday morning and they got someone out from... ..had been on Clinton's campaign team. And he said, you people that are sitting here on a sunny morning on an Australian Day long weekend, you have to be stupidly mad to be doing this crap. He said 97% of Americans couldn't tell you the name of any politician until election time and even then they'd be hard pushed to recall any. And he said Australia would be much the same. And he's right. It's a dedicated three percent, and some and probably half of them are ambitious psychopaths.
0: Oh well, I, I know. I do know. I know at least. Actually, I know American politicians better than I know Australian ones. Quite honestly, yeah. I know, know the annoying oranges in uh, in um, in Congress. Uh, I think John Boehner, I think, is is an alternate name. But <laughs> we'll move on from that. Some people out there will know what the hell I'm talking
2: about. I know annoying orange on YouTube. If that's what you're talking about, the
0: yes, yeah. 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 Anyway, moving on. No,
2: <laughs> sorry. Enough politics. I apologise for that, but I thought it was a topic worthy of discussion.
1: Yeah, so it same? must be sex. Must be sex. Ne- next. We've done religion well, and politics. No, it's better than sex. What is it? Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it wrong.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. It depends if uh, if you got have you got the Chewbacca dildo. <laughs>
2: See, sadly, there probably is one out there. It
0: probably is, we, but we're not talking about uh, Star Wars branded marital aids. We are talking about He's
1: soft and furry, though. Yeah, we are sorry. Talk...
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Star Wars Seven Trailer Two and its effects on your body.
2: Oh, it I had a big effect on me.
0: Tell um, about the effect, David.
2: So, I mean, I can't imagine there's anyone listening to this that hasn't watched it uh, once, if not in my car. I've only watched it seven or eight times. I know some people would watch watched it 50 times. But this is the trailer you're talking about. Yeah, the the second trailer that was released as part of the Star Wars celebration event in the US. Um, it's all of two minutes. Um, the matte painting stuff on, well, what I thought was Tatooine, but is – what's the uh, new planet? Jacka? What, uh, what?
0: Something like that. Yeah. It's, that stuff. Sounds... Yeah.
2: Um, you know, the, the, the Star Destroyer, you know, um, sitting there on the big sand dune. From that you go, shit, that looks good. But like most people, you go through it all, you know, Luke's talking um, – there's lots of conjecture about the fact that my father has it and everyone's excited that Darth Vader's going to make a reappearance, which you wouldn't rule out, but then anyone that watches Star Wars movies know that they don't truly die. They just go onto another plane or whatever and you know, look over you in benign hologram form.
1: Can I can I interrupt with yeah, a layman yeah. question here, please? Yeah, yeah. Um, for, if for, you say for, what Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> no, no look, It was actually the very first movie I was thinking about it today, knowing we we're going to talk about this. It was the very first movie I saw at the cinema. Um, at the Montreal? Quite happy. Yes, indeed. In in uh, our hometown, yes, uh, it was the first movie I ever saw. Uh, Sadly, the second move I ever saw was the village people. Yeah,
2: Um, you can't stop the music. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, But God, just back to worse. But I I could probably talk more about the village people, sadly, than Star Wars, but uh, let's – this number seven, we're in the – you know, is this a prequel of the prequel or is this a sequel? No. Is this a, is this a um, like, explain to me where it fits chronologically. So
2: Simon knows 50 times more about Star Wars than I do, but this is one of the few oh, yeah. questions I can actually answer. So the very first movie was Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. Empire Strikes Back was Episode Five.
0: Chronologically speaking.
2: Yeah, chronologically speaking. Um,
0: so I'm not in the movie timeline.
2: That's right. Uh, Return of the Jedi was um, episode six, which was released in, was that 82? Um, and then when George Lucas went back to make more movies, he made three movies set before those movies. And so they, that's, that they were called episodes one, two and three. So that's why this is seven. This is set 30 or 35 years, whatever it is, after Return of the Jedi finishes. Okay. All right, that's why um, Han Solo and all those people are back. So that's the bit that brought a tear to my eye and and from looking on social media I was far from alone that that, uh, whatever Han says Chewie were home or whatever it is and seeing those two together, I actually (laughs) had a tear in my eye.
1: Yeah, of course they won't be letting Han Solo fly anything.
2: (sighs) No. Well, I don't think they'll be letting him fly anything more until they get those other two bloody movies made
1: no, I mean, they won't let him fly any spacecraft if he can't even fly, fly a single-engine yeah, Cessna or whatever it was. So,
2: so I think it's safe to say, Blunny, it probably didn't have as huge an impact on you, but Simon, has, no, no, no. how did you, what did you think of it?
0: Um, I, I've been doing, and it's not been difficult, I have to admit, I've been trying not to get engaged okay, with this. Okay. So uh, I'm not, I have no expectations. I am calm. I am the sky. I am the wind. I am Zen about the whole thing. so you don't,
2: you don't want to be let down when you go there.
0: No, that's happened. Uh, yeah, the 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 first yeah one, two, and three let me down bad enough. I have to admit, uh, the the first pedantic thought I had wasn't, "Wow, that star destroyer looks awesome." It does. It does look awesome. Um, I'm just trying to think how it got down there in one piece and got its yeah.
2: Nothing. No, that's legit uh, too.
0: I mean, um, compositionally, it's a great shot. Practically, that my pedantic brain is going uh, does not compute. So, but it's a great shot, and I just love the the bit of forget. It's it's a beautiful shot. It's great. Yeah. The bit you mentioned about uh, with the the voiceover going about I have it, my father has it, and so on. Uh, the fact that that's sort of coinciding with the the melted Vader face yeah. makes I I don't know if that is Luke. It does sound like Hamill, but I don't know if that's Luke speaking. Oh, Thirty years true. have passed. That's enough time for a, a young Jedi to have a son.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't Oh, I, I see
2: what you mean. Yeah, I have yeah. an
0: idea. But, and, but in that instance, I mean, we know Hamill's in the movie, so if uh, if my father has it, present tense is being used, Hamill may not be the one speaking.
1: Yeah, true. Good point. So, and and yeah. will Princess Leia be wearing more clothing? Oh, God, you hope so. Uh, uh,
0: yes. yes. Yeah. yeah the, uh, Daisy may be wearing a metal bikini, but I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think... Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on from that, mental...
1: <laughs> Sorry, that's what I'm here for. I can't comment about much else other than you know that that was my childhood memory right there. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> You're a dirty man. Uh, with the, the shop with uh, Daisy and I've forgotten his name. Uh, Boyega, is it?
2: I the, the I don't want to say the black guy, but the black guy in the stormtrooper outfit.
0: Yeah, the storm. Yeah, the yeah. surprise stormtrooper from the the first teaser. Yeah. God damn, she looks like Natalie Portman. Yeah, it's like a grandmother.
2: Yes,
0: <laughs> I, I, I assume that she's the daughter of Leia because yes. I can't. Well, I can't see, and if you know, if Leia's had a kid, why not Luke? Um, the uh, the I have really warmed to the little ball droid Bebo, whatever his name is. Um, the, the the big bad of the movie in the the brief instance you get to look at him, I my brain was just going, it's Revan, it looks so Revan. It's not Revan, but like it's a it's a great Yeah shot. it looks similar. Yeah. It's just it just it screams Star Wars and it screams Knights of the Old Republic, which is uh, Yes. And and Swotor, which, which is nice. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of love going towards the game franchises a bit.
2: And I love the fact that the ball droid was confirmed as being a real thing, not a CGI thing.
0: Yeah, but I, I mentioned um, that um, some time ago, that uh, I thought that that's ridiculous when I first saw it in the trailer, and then I found out it was a practical effect, and I thought that's awesome. Yeah, it is. I've I completely changed my opinion, and apparently, it's about half the height of uh, R two D two because they they rolled him out on the stage at uh, Celebration. Okay. So yeah, and uh, Hamill said that uh, on the set they uh, the uh, special effects guys actually let them gave them the remote control and let them sort of drive drive the droid around. So he's a, he's a big improvement over r 2 d who was notorious for falling over. Yes. Or running into walls. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's a pretty exciting time and I, I've already worked out I'm going to go and see it at the theatre three times. First time in 2D, being a traditionalist, because I, I just, and then second time in 3D and then a third time in 2D before it leaves the theatres.
0: That's that seems fair. Are yep. you only going to see it two times though?
2: Uh, I've never watched any movie at the cinema more than once. This will be the first time ever I've gone to anything more than once, but I'm assuming it's going to be that good that I'll... You didn't go
1: back to see You Can't Stop the Music twice?
2: (laughs) Actually, now you mention that. So my recollections of childhood were the Star Wars movies, (laughs) You Can't Stop the Music, (laughs) E.T., and um, the Herbie movies. Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo and Herbie Goes Bananas. They're the ones I remember most clearly, and Fantasia, seeing at the local... Cinema. I,
1: I um, I do recall with you can't stop the music, and and please make sure you get the second part of this story because the first part. If I told you that halfway through the movie I, I, I had very sticky pants, um, <laughs> you would you, you, miss the second part, and uh, if you're not careful, but that's, <laughs> the uh...
2: that's why Sorry? I used to that's why I used to go with me because under the Bible, if it's your own hand, it has to be cut off. <laughs> That's why I was invited along with a free ticket.
1: With uh, my thank hand. Goodness. Thank goodness mum will never know that I've done this podcast. <laughs> um, the no. Do you remember the cans of soft drink back in the day? They had the little, um, they had the two circles, yes, a big yeah, circle yeah. and the little circle, and you had to pop the, the little one first. That's right. And then... Then you open the bigger circle and supposedly that was much safer. Well, uh, this was in the day of intermission and at interval my brother and I went and got a can of soft drink uh, from the shop across the road and uh, came back into the cinema and sat down and I didn't realise my brother had shaken the can of creamy soda up. (laughs) And just as the movie was starting and I popped the top and half the can just went everywhere. And uh, that, that was, you know, my memory of. Uh... You can't stop the music. <laughs> that's right. Sorry, but I've digressed and changed the subject no, from uh, the series Star Wars discussion to the village people, and I apologise.
0: I'm impressed you got sticky pants from the village people. Yeah, I'll...
1: That's
0: I'll... Right. I'm sure I'm not alone.
2: I think that is the episode title. I think that's better than um, homotherapy. I think sticky pants for the village people. <laughs> I, I, I,
0: I think homotherapy is definitely going to get put in the back pocket there for, for future use for something. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: <laughs> but, okay, so just going back to the start. Are we, are we done? Can we go oh, back look,
2: to- oh, yeah, I just saw at the start, it's just a brilliant trailer. I, the only other thing I was interested in is how many more trailers – were they released between now and December? My guess is another, what, two, maybe three?
1: Mm. You'd want to hope not, though, don't you? Like, don't the trailers these days spoil a good yeah, movie? Yeah, that's the risk. You, you go, any good movie that comes out now, you get absolutely inundated with these trailers, and and you go and see the movie, and you go, well, I've seen all the classic lines. I've seen, the, you know, the best shots, and quite often you walk away disappointed because you, you'd seen half the movie.
2: Yeah, my main concern is if they release a trailer and the, the one, say, in October shows a, a very greying and, and wrinkly Jar Jar Binks. I hate you. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs>
2: Imagine the worldwide horror. Anyway.
0: Look, uh, you're, the, you're the medical professional, or at least that's what you keep telling people. Um, what causes uh, uh, the shiver, you know, when people get a, a shiver down the, the spine, what causes that?
2: I have no idea. It's a, I wonder if anyone's actually honestly got to the bottom of that because there's so many things people have never never gotten to the bottom to and I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of them. And mm. what does this rash mean? The rash? Well, that's, <laughs> that's to do with the village people and, and <laughs> some poor hygiene practices. Sorry, move on. Sorry.
0: All right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll just go back. to you. Um, So like I said before we started talking about this, I've been uh, very zen about the whole thing. And I uh, was watching. Uh, I watched the trailer in fairly dispassionately, thinking, "Well, that looks good. That looks good." However, uh, the bit towards the end where you've got the Millennium Falcon swooping into the engine of that the yes. crashed Star Destroyer and doing the the uh, Return of the Jedi sort of flying through the Death Star thing, I got a shiver down my spine. And then I got another shiver down my spine when uh, Chewie and Han shot and said that line about being home. Yes. Another one. So I thought okay, my brain is being very zen but um, presumably my autonomic nervous system is clearly far more engaged than my higher brain functions are. So on a visceral level, I think I was impressed. Yeah. Even though I'm still trying to be very calm.
2: But when you're talking about the Star Destroyer, how would it, it land hole on the dune? That was my issue when they flew into the exhaust thing of the Star Destroyer. I never understood this with the original movies that even that far in the future with that much technology, they've got these enormous flyable through holes that the what comes out of to to drive this? Like it just doesn't make a lot of logical sense.
0: Well, that's because it's not science fiction. Yeah, I know. It's fantasy. So it uh, doesn't, I mean, the whole point with any whatever plasma, whatever they're using to propel the ships with, uh, after you've given your initial burst of energy, there's, there's no, uh, there's no right. instance. You, you don't need to, to give another. You don't need to have an ongoing flow of energy coming at your en, engines. So I should just sort of flash briefly, and that's it. And they only need to start up again. engine only needs to fire is when you want to uh, change your direction.
2: Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it's, it's it's like Star Wars: The Old Republic game where you run endlessly through these corridors with chairs in them. You go, really, is that what I've got to look forward to in the future? Endless corridors that no one uses.
0: And remarkably poorly designed floor plans. Yeah,
2: that too. Anyway.
0: This building makes no sense. (laughs) I know. Don't start me. No. But has anyone got any other topics they want to cover or?
2: Uh, I feel like I want to dish dirt on Blanny, but we are honestly, we were too... No,
3: I've got something, actually.
2: You,
1: you? You you did remind me earlier on when you were thinking back to uh, those younger days, and I guess just a a story that I need to share uh, (laughs) on on something David did on a school camp we went to, a school excursion. Uh, This is probably getting back a little bit to the topic of religion of sorts. (laughs) Uh, There was... (laughs) But i I guess David and I were very similar david uh you know uh, I, I suppose it was uh coming to youth group and different things like that and we we were quite both of us were quite disturbed quite alarmed that some of our uh, fellow students <laughs> on a school excursion were holding a seance yes and uh, they well, were uh, they they were in a darkened room sitting in a circle and David came in to me and said, hey, they're, they're doing a seance, we have to stop it, you know. And uh, so we ran around the back of this building and, and went, uh, crept up to the window where this seance was taking place. And uh, we looked through the window and could see them in a circle with some torches and apparently they were asking to uh, contact the spirit of Elvis, you know. Oh, that's,
2: that, well, actually I'd heard Tess Brinkat, who was a poor girl that was shot in Sydney through a window, which has some particular resonance when you explain the rest
1: of the story. <laughs> okay, uh, but but there you go. But either way, um, I always remembered Elvis. But I don't know. Um, but uh, the, the the story was that just as the group said, if you were there, give us a sign. Now on the other so- on the outside of the building, Dave and I were half giggling, half nervously going, "What can we do to interrupt it?" And I said, "Bang on the window." David took that a little too far and banged on the window once as his hand went through the window, smashing the window to pieces, which led to a dozen kids, uh, you know, 16-year-old kids all sitting around uh, torchlight in the dark, screaming just as they entered one room after running out, frightened for their lives, having asked for the spirit to let them know if they were there. Uh, David's come in. uh, We've come into the back of this kitchen area where it was a central meeting area. And David's like, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. (laughs) David's dripping blood at the time. And he's like, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. I'm looking at him going, you're bleeding though. We walked in. He's like, don't tell anyone. We walked into the kitchen and the teacher's there looking at us, looking at all these people screaming. (laughs) And David's like, it was me, it was me. I did. It. Oh, I was too
2: much of a nerd, and because you guys would have backed me up, no one had to know. But I just thought, nah, I got to say, <laughs> we,
1: we could have... have blamed it on the spirits. No one else would have known. But yeah. So anyway, that was just the one thing you reminded me of when you were talking a little earlier on about uh, just some of the silly things you got up to in your day. Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> Kids don't try that at home.
0: No,
2: definitely
0: not. It's a pity the um, handicams or video cameras or oh, 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 yeah, haven't been around because oh, some thank them, God they weren't, though. That would have been awesome found footage just that, just that group freak out yeah. and that crash. Beautiful. Nice bit of tension building. <laughs> and then Holloway. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, don't tell anyone. Oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> Would have won Australia's Funniest Home Videos easily.
2: And funny enough, I didn't get punished, nor did I even have to pay for the window. Yeah, you did well there. Yeah.
0: So anyway. Elvis was with you, my son.
2: That's, that's right.
0: Was he dead then?
2: Elvis, yeah, yeah. This was, uh, I can oh, tell you, it was really? 1987. So, yes, he was yeah. dead 10 years. Yeah. That's if you believe he's dead.
1: Or working at McDonald's drive
0: through
2: That's right.
0: Or back on the mothership. Mm. Yes.
2: Yes. I actually, can I make a really quick TV recommendation?
0: Why not? This podcast seems to be one continuous string of appendices.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> uh, my kids have started enjoying, and don't don't tune out from the moment you hear this. It's called uh, Barbie in the Dream House, and I thought, oh god, <sighs> it's one of these endless Barbie awful. But if if you've ever watched uh, the cartoon, and it's more aimed at teens, I think. Uh, was it Total Drama Island, which is a spoof on Survivor? Very mm-hmm. adult humour. Well, this Barbie in the Dreamhouse obviously had a team of writers that either had been punished and been sent there and thought, we'll show you, or the actual owners of Barbie have made her edgier. It's one of the funniest shows I've seen in a long time. Barbie in the Dreamhouse. If you don't believe me, go check it out. It's brilliant.
0: I have seen some snippets of uh, some recent Barbie productions, and yes, the, it does seem to... I have noticed that it's it's actually a lot funnier.
2: Yeah, it surprised they, the hell out of me.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's good. It's good that they're having a bit of fun. I mean, hell, she she was a real woman. She'd snap at the, at the waist. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. plenty of fun to be had.
2: And uh, uh, very quickly too, Archie Comics, um, Archie is finishing in his current guise in issue 666 of Archie Comics and they're totally rebooting the series in the modern era. So that's a real end of an era. After so many, what, it'd be forty plus years.
1: I used God. to love the Archie comics. Oh, in the same, t- God,
2: yeah. I
1: wish I still kept
2: them. Jeez. I, I believe it or not, I've chased down a couple of those Archie Digests just for a couple of bucks each via eBay, just so I could have a look at them again.
0: <laughs> I, I always thought Jughead would have loved to hang out with Scooby and Shaggy.
2: Oh yes,
0: that's a TV show.
2: Although Shaggy and Jughead might have had a yeah, they might have had some issues.
1: I would have loved to hang out with Veronica and Betty, <laughs> but which one most? There's the, that's the eternal
2: question. Veronica, okay. Yeah. Simon, you're Betty or Veronica? Uh. Please don't say Reggie.
0: <laughs> Reggie. Reggie. Jughead. Jughead. Oh right. Uh. I don't know. One yeah. of them's one of them's a bit ditzy, and the other one's a bit of a bitch. Yeah, I'm not. I know i'm not sure
2: i've never i've never been able to come it's, up with a decision there either if i can
0: if I can put them in one of those the you know the fly matter transporter and and have and put them both in pod a and get the 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 composite uh in pod b then that would be fine
1: yeah there you go just depends where you were going and what your purposes with the girls were really doesn't it that's right
0: are we are we getting back to um <laughs> the
2: village people.
0: Freaking creaming soda in your pants again?
1: <laughs> it's why I'm wearing no pants. Oh, well, who is? It's a, That's it's, right. It's a
0: Sunday. God didn't say anything about having to wear pants on the nope. Sabbath. <laughs> just just hats.
2: <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll shut up now. I'm done with my appendices.
0: Okay. <laughs> Lundy, you got anything to add?
1: Um... Not really. Uh, although, actually, now one question: uh, Why not? Since um, no one, you know, no one minds what we throw into these appendices. Obviously, uh, uh-huh. was it you, David, that saw <laughs> that uh, episode of the Wheel of Fortune?
2: Oh, yeah. No, I have seen it. So that yes, um, one of the members of this. Current podcast has been on Wheel of Fortune.
1: <laughs> carryover champ, thank you very much.
2: Oh,
1: that's right, carryover champ. I, I, I uh, many years ago did appear on Wheel of Fortune. I do remember at the time that uh, I had a phone call from someone who said, "Oh, yeah, David uh, was uh, watching the TV and saw an ad or something like that." That's uh, right. There was, there was an advertisement that said, "Will Paul win again tomorrow on Wheel of or something like that?" They'd made a promo out of it. Um, after I'd won on one episode, and I was just—I remember at the reunion, I had to ask David about that um, whether whether it was him that had seen this this promo. And, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's my one claim to fame. So Go um, wheel I'm still of h- Every conversation I have with someone I haven't spoken to for a little while, I just have to work Wheel of Fortune into it. Oh, so god,
2: that beats playing yeah. with Cindy Lauper's League any day of the week.
0: Or meeting Pseudo Echo. you meeting
2: Pseudo Echo. <laughs> Did you meet Pseudo Echo? I did. And I, in fact, I couldn't resist. You know how sad it is. I, I was talking to him a week ago, so I won't bore listeners, but beyond I talked to the lead singer of Pseudo Echo and I had interviewed him for a magazine about 10 years ago and I felt the need front up. Oh, Brian, you, might, you won't remember me, but I interviewed him. And being that ever-smooth uh, celebrity, he said straight away, oh, yeah, I remember that interview. And I wanted to say, no, you don't. And, yeah, we had a nice chat. So, yeah, Pseudo Echo I idolised as a teenager. even had a Pseudo Echo T-shirt. And, again, our non-Australian listeners – actually, no, that's not true. Some American listeners will know Pseudo Echo. They recently played at the Viper Room, one of the most iconic music venues in America.
0: There you go. Isn't that where – what's his name? Phoenix died outside of?
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, River Phoenix. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And and yeah, uh, yeah. any River Phoenix fans out there that aren't in Australia needs to go to YouTube and type in Tism T I S M River Phoenix. Great song. You know the one I'm talking about, Simon? Uh not a clue. Oh, you but, you know Tism. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, they they had a, a hit with um I'm on the drug that killed River Phoenix
0: oh, oh uh, okay thank you yes now i do remember it yeah i thought you would because it was pretty me too but now i've got the bloody chorus in my head oh thank yeah it's catchy you. cheers <laughs> right for for the sake of humanity i am now winding <laughs> this thing up this this frankenstein abomination
1: so well thank you very much for the invitation to be a part of the abomination Oh, yeah, so you God. can
2: tell you're a DJ. You're meant to shut up while the host. Thanks you.
0: It's a DJ, a DJ, oh, an announcer. Is, sorry, is a hipster vinyl fetishist with a, a, who who listens to everything at 130 BPM. Yes, true. DJ means something else now, Grandpa. Sorry.
1: If only if only you knew the self control it's taken me not to throw in a time call and a weather check <laughs> in there.
0: Can we have a traffic update? please
1: <laughs> it's 20 past 10 as we look outside and everything's clear right now i was gonna say you wouldn't do traffic updates at Innesfar, would you uh only when there's a smash in the highways oh block. Hey, true Good point. it's like no traffic update until there's something horrific to report
0: yeah. like the traffic light in town breaking down <laughs> yes Right. If you have any ideas or suggestions, feel free to email contact at oceanicgamer.com or you can tweet David using at creative shed or me at RPGBeatsRL. Blundy, have you got a, a Twitter handle or uh, any any kind of? Why um, you'd want anyone who listens to this
1: podcast to contact you is beyond me, but throw it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you very much. I don't know. I'm on both, but I don't have handles for those things. Uh, I think I think Twitter might be Paulie Blunt. P-A-U-T.
2: Oh, I have, to, I have to stalk you. Maybe. Okay.
1: Maybe. Um, I'll, I'll, go- I'll have a look and I'll post it in the show notes. Google Paul Blunt. And if you do that, just ignore all the Paul Blast mall cops that come up. And you'll find me in amongst that.
2: Excellent.
0: And, and don't look for him on YouTube because that's a different Bluntie completely. Yes. <laughs> yes uh, indeed. Uh, earlier episodes, visit creativeshed.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you very much for listening. And if you like what you heard or you hated it, please let us know. And remember to subscribe regardless of how you feel.
1: And if you did like it, hello, Mrs Holloway. Hello, Mr Holloway. (laughs) Uh,
2: I don't think Mum and Dad would even know how to listen to a podcast. Find one, let alone (laughs) listen to it. But I still apologise, Mum and Dad, if you're listening. Yes.
0: They made me say it. Say goodbye, everybody, please, for the love of God. (laughs) Bye. Bye. See. Bye.